down Straight off Highway 99 Nothing but oil fields and good people Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, on Google Play Music, the new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and the Overcast app, which is for iOS. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player, whose debut EP is scheduled for release January 18th, yet she already has a combined social media following of approximately 55,000. Three singles from her EP have already been released, and this year alone she has done lots of performing in lots of locations, not only there in Nashville, but California, Ohio, Virginia, Alabama. She has also appeared in several episodes of the hit TV show Nashville, and she has garnered a lot of honors, some of which we will talk about today. Plus, she has an impressive list of sponsors, too. You have been hearing a song of hers called Bakersfield. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Ashley Taylor. Hey, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Ashley. Welcome. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it for some time. Pumped. Well, this is obviously an exciting time for you. What with the release of the singles that I alluded to and the EP release in three months. Let's first have you talk about the song of yours that we were just playing, Bakersfield, especially since I was talking over it. Oh, yeah, no. Um, So that song, um, I always call that song the start of everything. Um, That was the very first song. I wrote that my first day in Nashville. So I am from Bakersfield, California, which is my hometown. Um, and if anyone you know listening knows anything about Bakersfield, you probably know us for our own sound, the Bakersfield sound. So, you know, Buck Owens, Dwight Yoakam. Um, and we were kind of called like the original Nashville in the 70s. And so a couple years ago, I sold everything I owned, got on a plane, came out to Nashville. Um, and I remember my very first day, my aunt said, where do you want to go? And uh, I'd never seen Nashville before. And so I'm just this like starry eyed kid. And wow. uh, she said, uh, I was like, you know, I want to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame Museum downtown Nashville. And she's like, great, let's go. So me and my aunt, we get in the car and go on over. And uh, as I'm walking in the door, I'm basically talking about my hometown and how it ain't nothing but a farm town out in the middle of nowhere and all this stuff. And uh, as I'm running my mouth, my uh my aunt and I walk in and in the museum, there was this like giant banner. I mean, you couldn't miss it. It was like the size of a billboard and it said now exhibiting the Bakersfield sound. And so I just started laughing and I said, well, (laughs) shut my mouth. Wow. uh, Wow. Talk uh, about meant to be. What a great omen. Yeah, it was weird. So I spent my whole first day in Nashville here and, you know, about like how everyone there was like, wow, your hometown's so cool. So I went home that night, sat down by myself with a guitar and, I wrote that song Bakersfield in about an hour and it's just literally talking about my life and my story and my hometown and where I'm from. That's it. So it's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, that's amazing because when you first started out, you said, I wrote that song my first day in Nashville. And I thought, well, okay, not her first day in Nashville. You know, her first day, she probably got settled in, you know, got things, got her place (laughs) set up, went shopping. And here's this really cool story. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was a very productive day. I will say that much. <laughs> well, we'll come back around to it a little bit later. But was there any, I don't want to say any doubt, but I mean, it was only your first day. But mm-hmm. at the same time, did it give you some reassurance saying, okay, this is obviously a great sign that I did do the right thing. I, I am meant to be here. Well, I had, you know, I had kind of, you know, picked up a guitar, learned three chords and then started writing songs. So it wasn't too um, it wasn't too uncommon for me to get an idea and sit down by myself and write. Um, now, did I that day write that song and then stand up and be like, "Hey, I just wrote this really cool song, and someday it's going to be put out into the world"? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think that. I honestly thought no one would ever hear it. 
it was something more therapeutic for myself um, just because I had kind of really come to realize the value of where I came from and how that affects you like going forward um, in your life. And I was like, wow, I kind of want to write a song about that. So, no, I, I don't really think I did. I think I was just writing because I just enjoy it, if that makes sense. Well, that's an interesting spin. But believe it or not, what I actually meant was <laughs> second-guessing the move to Nashville. Like, did seeing that banner in the Country Music Hall of Fame and it talking about Bakersfield Sound make you think, okay, I knew this is what I wanted to do moving to Nashville, but now that I see that banner, that's a great affirmation that, yes, I was meant to move to Nashville. Oh, I got you. Um, when I saw the banner, it was more so like you're doing the right thing by moving here. Um, definitely so. So I, I, I knew Nashville's where I needed to be for a long time. So walking in and seeing that banner, it was just like, hey, you're home. You're meant to be here. Here's a sign. So Yeah, yeah. So there were no doubts. It just confirmed what you already knew, that that's where you were meant yeah. to be. That's cool. Absolutely. Wow. I stepped off the plane, and I knew I was home. And wow. I was like, okay, great. Wow, fantastic. Well, your EP is going to have seven songs on it. That number of tracks, to me, it's just past EP classification, in my opinion, but it's not mm -hmm. quite enough maybe to consider it a full album. Did you give any thought to trying to add one or two or three more? Like, why seven? So seven is very intentional. Oh. Um, and the reason, yeah, so I have a... Um, the number seven is for me throughout like my entire life has just been a very good number for me. For some reason, good things happen and the number seven is always involved. So when I was sitting down to, you know, kind of start picking songs and everything, I literally knew we're going to have seven slots. Wow. And that was just because I, it, it's just my lucky number. So I needed seven. I felt like if I put six or five or you know, the typical four on there, it just didn't feel right. So I was like, let's be different. I'll put seven on. <laughs> Very interesting. And you didn't have, I guess I should have asked you, is this EP, is it self-produced or did you have a producer? Because my question, if you say, no, I had a producer, is going to be, did the producer or anyone else for that matter try to talk you into more or less than seven? Um, so this is co-produced. Um, I um, am co-producing it with Pat Laster. And so um, I, when I told Pat, like, hey, I want to do seven songs, he was like, that's awesome. Let's do it. You're the artist. You're the boss. You know, if that's what you feel is right, then that's what we're going to do. Um, we'll just make sure all seven songs are the best they can be. So, uh, so yeah, that was kind of his attitude. Pat's always, like, very supportive of kind of usually ideas that they're out. So. And that's so great to hear because, listeners, how many times on this show have we heard people talk about the producer that you choose to work with, what an important decision that is, and that if they don't support yeah. you and if they're trying to push their own agenda or their own artistic vision and they don't let you and your songs be you and themselves, then something's suffering. So that's terrific that he was so supportive and thought, okay, if seven is your number, I guess we're doing seven. Let's get to work. Oh, yeah. No, he's... I was really blessed to find him and to work with him. And he is like, we've become really good friends. And, and, you know, it's just random how people like that come into your life. And you're just like, wow, this is awesome. But no, he's a wonderful producer and he is great to work with. And he really does care about the artists and what they want. Um, so I am very lucky to work with Pat Laster. Yeah, it sounds to me like it wasn't random. It certainly was divine intervention. The two of you were meant to come yeah. together and work together. For sure. I agree. Totally. No no doubt. Well, the seven songs that are slotted for the EP were all written or co-written by you. So in the latter case, who co-wrote with you? Was it Pat or was it someone else or was it Pat and someone else, plural? Yeah, no. So Pat actually um, did not do any of the writing on this record. Um, he solely just produced it with me. Um, and uh, co-writers wise, I have a couple different ones. Um, I have two songs that I co-wrote with my friend Sarah Davis. Um, I have a song that I wrote with um, my friend Matt Wynn. And then I have one that I wrote with my friend um, Michael Sinclair. Um, so those are my co-writers on the on the album. And listeners, do you notice that she keeps saying my friend? How important is that? And, and Ashley, I'm sure that that made that so much more comfortable and the whole process so much more enjoyable mm -hmm. when it is someone who you can consider a friend as opposed to, and obviously lots of songwriters walk into lots of co-writes with people they've never met before and things go okay, but it's so right. much better when you can call that person a friend. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it makes you more comfortable if you write with someone that you're a friend with or that you at least know well, um, just because you're kind of not nervous to throw out a line, you know what I mean? And mm. it kind of be rejected. Like if one of us throws out a line that isn't very good, we'll just laugh about it, you know? So there's a comfort. Um, I think for me personally speaking, has a, has a songwriter who is an artist too, um, I really like to write with my friends. And the reason why is, you know, if I walk into the room with a stranger, um, they think that they're going to know what Ashley wants to say. You know, they're like, oh, you know, she'll sing this or she'll do that. When it's my friends, I feel like they really just kind of get me and understand me. And so they kind of know what my brand is. They know what I'm going to say, what I would do. Um, so I think it makes overall for a better song that I really would record if I write with my friends versus just some writer. Wow. Wow, this is gold. We're we're like eleven minutes in, and you've already given some absolute gems here. the The idea of what you just said that they're going to know what you want, as opposed to someone that doesn't. And I really love the yeah. point that you made about you don't have to be afraid of putting out a line that someone's going to laugh at because it's your friends, and if you do laugh, you laugh together instead of feeling like they're going to laugh at me. So, yeah, wow. exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Only about eleven minutes into the podcast, and and there you go, listeners. Some some real nuggets there for sure. It's, it's, we're off to a great start, Ashley. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. I'll wipe the sweat off my brow. Okay. Well, you you actually did me a favor because where I wanted to go next was while we are talking about songwriting, you have written for a lot of other artists and listeners. Ashley has written songs. Listen to this. She has written songs by A and E TV star and Warner Chapel recording artist Big Smo. American Idol's Matt Wynn, Jenna Lee, Justin Love, and there's more. A- Ashley, the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm always fascinated by this, meaning when someone who is a recording artist themselves writes for other people instead. So just just talk about that mindset, that approach, as well as the timing of it all, meaning did you do all of what I just mentioned first and then do all the writing for this upcoming EP or something different? Yeah, so um, I actually started in music really quick, just just so you kind of get like my background. Um, I actually started as a session guitar player in California. Oh. So I would go into studios and play on other people's recordings. That's how I got started in music. Wow. And then I went into, um, I actually went to audio school. And so then I started kind of producing and engineering and stuff. And I just kind of find that that wasn't my real passion. So then I started to write songs. And I would, like I said, I mean, I'd sit in my room for hours and try to figure it out. And I would study this craft of songwriting. I would study songs. I would read books. I was very, um, I was very nerdy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I love the craft. And so I would study songwriting. So I was a songwriter first and foremost. And then when I came to Nashville, people were like, you know, I really think that you're an artist. So um, mm. all the cuts and stuff that I've gotten... Um, now, now around town, it's a very well-known fact that I'm an artist, but for, I think people first and foremost, they think of me as a songwriter, um, because I still write five to seven days out of the week. Um, and sometimes it's multiple times a day and I love writing and that is like where my heart's at. And so I write continuously and I'll write for myself sometimes if that works, but I love meeting up with artists, you know, and, and fellow writers and just getting the best song. Because at the end of the day, you know, when I walk into a writing room and I'm there to write, I just want to write a great song. And maybe that's something that I'll record later on. Maybe it's something that someone else is going to record. You know, so you just kind of have to feel the room and feel like, hey, what are we going to write today? But the song is key. So just write a great song, you know, is my, my viewpoint. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I think that's very admirable. I think that's rather unique because, in my opinion, I don't really think that you're going to find as many Ashley Taylors that have that attitude. I think you're going to find a lot of songwriters that say, I'm writing for myself because I want the credit, and I'm talking financially as well as recognition, that if a song <laughs> ends up taken off, then they want it to be by themselves. And I, I, I'm, I'm taking my hat off to you because I applaud your attitude in saying that you're just that much into writing a good song. And if it's you that records it or one of these other folks I mentioned, or someone that hasn't crossed your path yet, that's a, that, that's a, a wonderful quality to have. And, and it's, it's why you are where you are 
and Nashville and, and why you're going to continue to flourish because obviously people there in the community and the music community are going to see that and say, this is refreshing to, to write with someone like her. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate that. I mean, yeah, if anyone's ever been to Nashville, uh, we got one amazing community here. You know what I mean? I mean, writers just loving on each other and just helping each other out and, and everything. So um, I, I know there are other people that feel the same way I do, but I've also definitely been in the room with uh, with people, you know, that don't see how I see, um, which is totally fine. Just, you know, not, not my cup of tea. But yeah, thank you so much for that compliment. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it's refreshing to to meet to to hear about individuals such as yourself, songwriters like you that that are doing those things and it's unfortunate that that you do stand out because you're doing something good, because you're doing something right, because you're doing something from the heart. It's unfortunate because there should be more Ashley Taylors and and it shouldn't be a big deal, but obviously we know that Let's face it, it's not just the music business. There's competition all over. So I don't want to say it's a cutthroat mm-hmm. business because people could make the same argument across other industries. But at the same time, we know that right there in Nashville, at least, there's an awful lot of people competing for the same space. So uh, it's 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 nice right. to hear. Yeah. And I always think of it, too. You know, um, this is kind of what I've taken away from Nashville and just kind of after you see it. But, um, you know, I'm going to point out an artist, for example, for a second. I'm going to point out Luke Combs. Um, He's the first one that comes to mind. So, you know, Luke Combs has had, within the past year or two, I mean, crazy amounts of success in the country world. Um, And the thing about Luke Combs that I think it just proves the national point is, you know, he came out with his record, his album, and every song, you know, if you look at who wrote those songs, there is not one hit songwriter on his entire record. Mm. He wrote he wrote with his friends, right, who had nothing going on, like none of them had deals, none of them had, you know, great amounts of success, but they would get together and they would write songs and they would, you know, perfect their craft and they'd work at it and work at it and work at it. And then when Luke Combs released his record and he blew up, there is now not one person in that group that does not have a number one song, that does not have a publishing deal, you know, that has not just, you know, it's catapulted all of these other people, not just himself. So I think that when you are kind to others and when you work with other people and, you know, you you get outside your comfort zone and you'll meet new people and you write with them, eventually we all help each other out at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's that's how Nashville works. Absolutely. Yeah, it comes back around for sure. You touched on something that I want to circle back around to, which is I read off that list of songs that you have written for other people. Well, at least I was saying the artist's who have recorded them, but mm-hmm. how how did you get all those? Are you pitching these songs yourself? Do you have someone that's doing it for you? What what exactly are the mechanics? Because we do have listeners of the show who download, who subscribe every week because they want to learn from the guests because they too are aspiring songwriters, singers, performers, etc. So I'm sure they're hearing me read that and they're saying, How did she get how did she write songs for all those people? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. Um, so I handle everything myself at this point in time, mm. um, from the scheduling of the rights to the pitching to whatever. But the way that I got those cuts was one a by being friends, right, and networking and being friends with those people first, and then I went into a writer's room with them and we treated them like artists and we wrote for them. So again, I think if you you know if you want cuts, I think you need to get with somebody and write with somebody who is an artist, but, you know, also to, you know, don't breathe down their throat and be like, Hey, you know, I'm Ashley, for example. And like, you know, talk their ear off and be like, I just want to write with you, you know, um, be, be a friend first, be a good friend, get to know their, you know, likes outside of just music, you know, like, what do you like to do when you're not on stage? Do you like the fish? Do you like the, you know, and just, just be a good friend and a good person. And when you write with them, um, just remember that, they're the artists and they need to feel comfortable with you. You know, they need to feel comfortable and they may take something in a way that you may possibly not like it, but remember it's their, it's their brand. It's what they do. So kind of be open to what they say. Yeah. They have to feel, they have to believe what they're singing. So as you said, it's not personal. It's just that they, they can't do it if it's not authentic. Yeah. Well, and and another thing too, um, I was, this may be helpful for listeners since you said, 
you know, some people listening or, you know, trying to get insight. Um, but I had this conversation with a couple of my writing buddies um, just yesterday, and I thought this was something that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Um, but, you know, like, let's say you and I, Bruce, are going to write a song, right? And um, it's kind of like, well, I'm an artist, so I'm looking, so we're going to write for me. So awesome. So um, if you have a melody idea, but but those notes aren't in my range, I may love the song at the end of the day, but I'm not going to re- like record it. I can't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it just doesn't suit my voice. Yeah. Um, but we were in a writing situation the other day where somebody was writing with an artist and they didn't want to change the melody to something that more suited the artist. Mm. And so they came out with a song, but it's like, well, you're not getting a cut, you know, cause the yeah. artist doesn't feel yeah. comfortable singing that song. Um, so that's something I just feel like a lot of people don't really talk about, but just something to keep in mind for when you're writing, you know? Yeah, yeah very much so. I like that. All, all, all great advice. Uh, listeners, I like this girl. This is, this is a, wow, this is a, a really great start here on, on episode 244. And, and we can talk about it if she wants, but I'm sure that Ashley probably recorded in Nashville the seven songs, but Listeners, before you get jealous or intimidated, remember that you can do top quality recording on your own, regardless of what city or even country you live in, thanks to all the great gear available from Tascam. That's what I use. That's what a lot of studios use. And as you've heard Mm -hmm. over many episodes of this show, a lot of NHTE guests have themselves even used Tascam gear over the years. You would forget that Ashley was on the line if I took the time to try to rattle off all the equipment that you can find from them, from something as simple as headphones and microphones to, say, audio interfaces and right on up to mixers and a whole lot more. Check it all out at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Ashley, I mentioned back in the intro that you have received lots of honors Listeners, Ashley was named One to Watch by NSAI, which is Nashville Songwriters Association International. Plus, her songs have placed in numerous songwriting competitions. I I get a sense, Ashley, in in talking to you and as I prepared for this interview, that your emphasis really is on writing. Like you were saying before, uh, you know, a lot of people just want to focus on the performance side, which is important, but they probably... It it probably has the appeal of seeming glamorous, but I think that you get it. I think that you realize that you can be a great singer, you can be a great musician, but if the songs aren't strong, nobody's going to buy yeah. your music. Well, I always I always think of it like this way, especially in a I'm going to say in a city, you know, like Nashville, where you know you can find a really pretty girl if you throw a rock, you know, or a guy. You can find someone who's good looking. Everybody here is a crazy talented singer and musician, and that's all good. And there are a lot of really, really great songwriters as well. Like, I mean, the best in the world live here. Um, but I think my songs are like my business card, if that makes sense. So the one thing that separates me from any other girl, you know, trying to do music in this town is my song. You know, that, that that's my writing, you know. No, and I think Taylor Swift is um, someone that I point out as an example. Um, because, you know, Taylor Swift, it's like, you know, she was 16 years old. She wasn't a crazy vocalist like Whitney Houston or whatever, but she wrote songs and they connected with people and her fan base loved it and they, and they buy it and they still do, you know? And so I think that just shows that I think you need to have great songs and then you need to just go love on people and make friends and make fans and, you know, just be genuine and be real because people respect that, you know, that's, that's just kind of my business motto, but yeah, songwriting is, 100% super important. Well, and at the end of the day, it is a business and everyone's getting into this to make money off of their songs. And as I said before, you can be a great singer, you can be a great guitar player, whatever your instrument is. But if the songs themselves just really aren't there, you're not going to sell anything or or very much of it because people aren't going to want to hear it. And I, I love the point that you're making, you know, about you can find lots and lots of good songwriters, you can find lots and lots of good guitar players, you know, but who has, and and it really reminds me, uh, a few months ago on episode 231, Amy Keys was my guest, she's always out on tour singing with Phil Collins whenever he's out on the road, and Amy said on that episode, you know, you can be a great hang, but, you know, when the chips are down, in other words, as, as Ashley and I are talking about here, you can be a great hang. And I loved your advice about like, just be a friend first. Don't worry about walking in there saying, I'm a great writer. You need to cut my stuff. 
But if you're a great mm-hmm. hang, if you're a great friend, but the songs aren't there, your songwriting isn't strong, you're going to end up being one of those numbers. And I'm talking to the listeners, Ashley, not to you. You're going to be one of those numbers of the people that you find moved out of Nashville. So these are yeah. these are really important points that Ashley's making about why it is so vital. And I love that expression that you used, Ashley, that your songs are your business card. That that That's a quote that's going to go on the, <laughs> on the show page for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I really like what, um, I think you said her name was Amy. Yes. What she said though, that's, because that's a, that's a really good point because like you could be the coolest person in the world, but if you don't study your craft, and if you don't get better at it, and if you're not writing good songs, then that person probably isn't going to write with you again. You know? So, yeah, that's great advice for people listening. It's awesome. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment, where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, I have had artists email me, I'm assuming wanting to be a guest on the show, but referencing giving their song a spin, or adding it to my playlist, or airing it on my station. You get the idea. And yes, 100% of the time, I don't listen to their song. It shows a lack of respect that they don't take the time to research to whom or to what they're sending their expression of interest. Know that I am not alone in this. It's just that simple to not get your music considered. Make more of an effort and you'll get more results. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Well, let's back up and talk a little bit more about how you got here. You mentioned that you grew up in Bakersfield, California, and and it's said that you were influenced by the music of Loretta Lynn, Johnny Cash, Buck Owens, among others, dare I say, maybe even Roy Orbison, whose son, Roy Orbison Jr., was my guest on episode 205 of the show. Oh, really? That's awesome. That's super cool. I do like Roy Orbison. I okay. do. I yeah, do. So, yeah. So you got a guitar when you were 17, and it signaled that start of what would be you going all in with music. So just kind of pick up the story from there, because I know that prior to that, as I said, with the Loretta Lynns and the Johnny Cashes and the Buck Owens, it was there's a story about your grandmother's CD collection. Yeah, um, my grandmother would literally play CDs every morning while she cleaned her house, and it was Loretta Lynn, Johnny Cash. The Dixie Chicks, you know, just the old good stuff. Um, And so that was my first introduction to country music. Um, And she passed away when I was 13, and I inherited those CDs. And I, you know, had I wasn't a big country fan, to be honest with you, at that time. Um, But when I put the CDs in and I listened to it in a new, different way, um, I think I honestly just kind of played them probably because I missed her, you know, and it was just something that reminded me of her. Mm. And uh, when I started hearing those songs, though, and like really sitting down and really listening to what the, the stories these people were telling and, you know, the music and the emotion and stuff. I thought country music was the coolest thing. Wow. And so I became a massive country music fan. Wow. I mean, my I mean, my bedroom in high school was like Johnny Cash posters <laughs> and John Deere Green. And, you know, I, I went crazy. I became obsessed. What had you been listening to? What What style of music had you been listening to? Well, my mom is like a heavy rock and roller. Um, so um, anything that's kind of like 80s rock was like a big influence. So Pat Benatar, Bon Jovi, um, Hart, okay. uh, Joan Jett. Okay. Um, that was kind of a lot of the stuff. And then um, I also grew up in church um, and actually, you know, I'm still to this day about Christian. So I was listening to a lot of, you know, uh, praise and worship and contemporary Christian and that kind of stuff. So um, that's what I was listening to before country music got a hold of me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, fast forwarding to when I was, you know, 17 and I got my first guitar, um, I actually got that through a prayer, oddly enough. So 
Uh, I had never picked up an instrument before at this time. I had, you know, no idea that I could even sing or do anything. Mm. But uh, I, I was in love with this thing called country music. And I remember, you know, sitting in a church queue one Sunday and the preacher was talking about, you know, how sometimes, you know, we just wait for God to do things, you know, or, we, or we're scared to move or we're scared to do this. And so I kind of had just had this feeling on me for a long time, probably about like a year of being like, man, I think I'm supposed to like learn how to play guitar and like write songs and like do this stuff. And I know this sounds weird, but it's true. And so um, I didn't really know what to do or like the steps to take. And I thought, well, first step is I need a guitar. And so uh, I remember that Sunday, that preacher just kind of talking and saying those things. And so I went home that night and I said, all right, I'm not going to tell anybody about this like secret desire that I have. I'm not Mm going to open my mouth. I'm just going to basically go about life. And um, I'm going to pray that if God really does want me to do this thing in country music, that I'm going to get this model guitar, this color, like I was very clear, Mm. and I have to open it on Christmas Day. You know, like, (laughs) so I kind of made a list of, like, if you give me a guitar, and if it meets all of these really clear specifications, then I'll learn how to play, and I know you want me to pursue country music. So that was my deal with God. (laughs) So sure enough, Christmas comes around, you know, randomly it's you know like almost towards the end of the day but um a family friend literally bought me a guitar and Mm. it was the same color the same make and the same model that i had prayed for she had no idea she literally said um you know i don't know why i know you don't play guitar but like i was in the store and i need to get you a christmas gift and she was like i saw it there and i was like i I think she'd like that so yeah that's how i got my very first guitar (laughs) oh my gosh so uh from that point on i picked it up and taught myself to play and took it very seriously because i was like okay this is what god wants me to do here we go wow well see and you know i was torn because as you got deep into that story i thought well no wait a second because you know that's not that's not the way that that we do it we don't we don't say prove yourself to me lord because that's like thomas saying until i see the nail marks in his hands and until i put my hand in his side but i thought no i i see where she's going with this it's 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 a little bit different but still somewhat similar to to my story which was that i was actually at a songwriters festival with a client who was performing as part of the festival and i entered a raffle mm-hmm. and i won the acoustic guitar that they were raffling off and i thought i don't even know how to play guitar And I thought, well, you know, I think the Lord has put this guitar in my hands for a reason. I'm not just going to put it in a corner in my office just because it looks good. So I took that as a sign that the Lord intended for me to to play that guitar and to learn. And so uh, here we are now with two guitars. (laughs) And obviously, uh, you know, I I heard the message loud and clear like you did. Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. Exactly, though. I think... If God wills for you to have something, he's going to get it to you, Amen. you know, and, there, and there's a reason. There's a reason for everything, why he put a guitar in your hands, why you got to move, why you got to do this. Amen. That is so cool. It's a great story. Amen. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. Life-changing, life-changing. <laughs> Ashley, I mentioned in the intro that you've been real busy performing this year. I always like to mention when a guest has performed at the fabled Bluebird Cafe. You are one of those people. How nervous were you getting to play there? It's it's probably a stupid question, but is it tougher to play at a place like that because of its reputation? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I don't. I'm so I'm very calm. I usually don't get nervous. Um, that that night though, I was pretty nervous. I'm not going to lie, and I think it is just because I understand the history of what I'm when I walk on that stage. I, I understand. Um, I remember when they told me that I was going to get to perform, I cried, if that (laughs) says anything, Um, because I had a, you know, and people think, oh, it's so glamorous or, you know, no, like I literally had to audition like three times. I would sit outside for like hours. Um, Mm. Sometimes it was in like the heat. Sometimes it was in rain, snow. I would sit outside and I would go in and I would play. And so when they finally invited me to officially come play the Bluebird, like I cried. It was a it was a big moment. So um, it's something that I I'm very proud of, um, and I'm ha- always happy to go back now and play. Now that I go back, I'm not as nervous. But I've calmed down, <laughs> calmed down <laughs> over the years. But yeah, it's it's a big moment for any songwriter. It's uh it's nerve wracking. And listeners, those of you who might be thinking about trying to dip your toe in the water with the open mic at the famous Bluebird Cafe, go back and listen to episode 146 of this show first. Barbara Cloyd 
was my guest. She is the host of the Monday Open Mic at the Bluebird, and you definitely want to listen to her advice and what she tells you to do and not to do on that episode of NHTE. Ashley, speaking of that list of places that you've performed, what was this Facebook Live back in March that has Thailand listed for the location? Facebook Live back in March. I was looking through your list of past shows for 2018, and there's a Facebook Live, and and it's listed as Thailand. To be really honest, I've done so many, and some of them are with different friends. Um, like I did a couple with like musical guests and stuff. I honestly can't say that I remember that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I do so many. I'm just like, I, I don't really know. Um, I, don't, I wasn't in Thailand, um, but yeah, to be honest, I don't know what that is. I'll have to go back and check it out. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't perform from there, but for all you know, you may have gotten viewers who are watching from Thailand. <laughs> hey, maybe I did. Maybe I did. If they can understand me, I mean, that's pretty epic. <laughs> true, true. How has your experience been with, with Facebook Live in general? Do you feel that you've been able to, to build a community? I did mention back in the intro that, and I'm saying this as a compliment, by the way, here's a girl that is about to release her debut EP three months from now, and yet you already have a combined social media following of 55,000, which is, I'm saying that in a very complimentary way. So Facebook Live and whatever else you're doing is is obviously a big part of that, I'm sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, um, I'll say this because, like you said earlier, there are people listening who, you know, kind of maybe want advice or are curious on how maybe I did that or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so with a lot of artists, it's basically kind of like, you know, you release a record first and then you go out and you tour and you play shows and you do that. Um, to me, that doesn't really make sense. In the way of why would I wait till once I have a physical product? So how I kind of do it is I do Facebook Live, but if I'm being honest, not as frequently as I would like to. Um, I've done a couple here and there, and I think they're awesome. And I honest, guilty, I would like to do more. But how I kind of have built my fan base is I don't think there's anything like actually going out and meeting a person and shaking their hands and just getting to like meet them um, and getting them to like listen to your songs. So I, that's part of the reason why I play so much in different states and I tour so much. And I've been doing that solidly for the past two years. Mm. And that's kind of how I was able to make a fan base by actually going out, meeting real people, hugging them, you know what I mean? Doing whatever I can, you know, singing to them on their birthday or their anniversary. Um, and so then that's, you know, where my numbers come from. And so now that we're about to release me P, it's like I have all these friends now who are like, yeah, you know, I remember when she played in somewhere Alabama and, you know, now she has a record out and, you know, they're all so kind and sweet and they're now going to go buy my record and support me because we're friends and that's amazing of them. They're great people. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that strategy and thank you for sharing that. I am talking today with singer, songwriter, guitar player Ashley Taylor. Visit her official website at ashleytaylormusic.com. And as I mentioned in the intro, she is very much on social media, as we just talked about. Join the masses who are following her online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Keep up with Ashley through her website or social media so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live, including, I'll just throw out a couple here, October 13th in Middletown, Ohio, and October 18th in Nashville, among others. Her singles are available for download through iTunes, plus she even has merchandise for sale on her website. By the way, if you are an aspiring performer yourself and or if you know someone who is, I know you're getting education from the show every week from me and my guests, but there is more good information available too in the weekly blogs that get published every Monday on the show website, either written by me or a guest blogger. For example, there were a couple recently by the same writer, one about performance rights organizations like ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, and another that he wrote about copyrights as it relates to YouTube and trying to monetize your videos on there. When you're on nhte.net, just click into the blog section. There are lots and lots posted there for you to read. Ashley, I'm interested in the fact that you have appeared in multiple episodes of the hit TV show, Nashville. How so? Oh, that was, that was a fun time. Um, I, I basically belonged to, um, you know, a modeling agency a couple years ago. And so I would get to go on there like numerous times, um, just as like an extra, 
Um, I played like a guitar tech at one point. Um, one episode, I got to play a actual singer songwriter who was playing the bluebird. Wow. Um, oddly enough. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I tell you what, that set is so much fun to be on. Everyone there is just so kind and so welcoming. Um, and I mean, those days would be so long. I mean, we would get there at some days. It was like, you had to be there at like 6 a.m. And mm. I probably want to get done until like eight or nine o'clock at night. Some days, oh my gosh. You know, but I mean, it was just fun. Just memories, just, you know, getting to be on the show and, um, you know, I still look back occasionally and, you know, through episodes and it's like, you can see my arm or my face for two seconds in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, look, mom, I'm on TV. Like, check it out. You know? So, um, I guess me a good chuckle, but yeah, it was a great time. Check it out, mom. My arm is on TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look at my arm. You see my arm? It's right there. See? <laughs> well, ironically, a few weeks ago on episode 240 of this show, Nashville based singer songwriter, Taylor X, talked about being on Nashville, as well as about winning at last year's Josie Awards and then being nominated at that event this year. Ashley, you were nominated for Rising Female Artist and for Song of the Year at this year's Josie Awards. I'm going to be completely honest and say that I don't know how you did with either one, but the fact of the matter is we are seeing a pattern here with all these nominations and honors that you're garnering. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, We went to the Josie Awards. and it was my first year going. It was awesome. I did not win um, in either category, but we had a great time. They had them um, at Dollywood this year, so we actually went to Dolly Parton's amusement park. Um, but, yeah, I feel very blessed and fortunate to get so many nominations. And, honestly, I think just being nominated for anything like that, you know, um, and to have the amount of nominations I've gotten this year is honestly, to me, just as great as winning, if that makes sense. It's it a, does. It's a good feeling, and I feel accomplished, and I'm grateful that people look around and, you know, they see what I'm doing, and they, you know, want to, you know, pat me on the back. I, I appreciate that. Well, it's there's tremendous PR value. People want to get to know more about this girl who is getting all these award nominations, and then eventually they want to do business with you. So there's tremendous value in it for sure. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think just being nominated, you're winning, really. Listeners, back in the intro, I mentioned that Ashley has an impressive list of sponsors. The last couple weeks on the show, you've heard from two guests who are Boulder Creek Guitars artists. That's the brand that I play, too. Plus, three weeks ago on episode 241, their president and CEO, Jeff Stramitz, who is himself an active gigging singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist, talked with me all about their guitars and what makes them so unique. I should mention that they also do basses and ukuleles too. I highly recommend that you listen to his interview to really learn about the instruments. And like I said, even the two episodes prior to this one where those guests talked about things like how well Boulder Creek guitars hold their tune, held up in extreme heat, and other insights. As you know, we always put links to past episodes that get referenced on the show page of the episode on nhte.net. So I'll put those up on this one on Ashley's episode. In the meantime, check out the big name Boulder Creek artists, find a dealer and learn more at bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Ashley, what about that? How did you get such an impressive list of sponsors? You said that you do everything on your own. So was that the case? Did you maybe connect with some of these companies at the NAM show? How, How did you pull this all off? Um, I'm a very intimidating woman in the business room. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, it, you know, honestly, kind of all of them were different. Um, it kind of goes back to relationships. Some of them, maybe I did meet at a NAM show and we got to talking and that led to an endorsement deal. Um, the first, the first people though, um, like 64 audio and Daisy rock guitars, those were just, you know, when I was kind of starting out in music, I reached out to them because, um, you know, when I was a kid, you know, 17, 18, you know, I, I like, spark- I love sparkles. If you know anything about me, glitter <laughs> is my favorite color. Um, so Daisy Rock for me was like a good company to start with. And so I reached out and they were like, oh yeah, like, you know, welcome to the family. So they were the first people to endorse me. And then just kind of as I got older and just, you know, kind of did more with music, um, I would re- occasionally reach out to other companies and, you know, kind of be able to work something out. Um, but I'm definitely very blessed to be endorsed by people. Um, as I've grown in my career and, you know, grown with my music, um, those endorsement deals have definitely helped me out. Um, 
especially um, I got an endorsement deal with Bose, um, and that has been probably, I think, the most helpful because they literally give me a system to play out of every show. Wow. Wow. So that uh, it's it's been the biggest blessing. So shout out to them because those guys are awesome and they take such great care of their artists. Um, so yeah, I think if you're you know a younger artist and if you're trying to do it, I think for starters everything is business. Um, so understand like you know with endorsement deals, it's not just glamour and free stuff. You do have to hold your end of the bargain and you know help them out. Um, and it's just a business transaction. So be an artist that you would want to do business with. Be, you know, be that person. So have a following, you know what I mean? Take good pictures, post them, talk about them. Um, Use the gear responsibly, things like that. Yeah, and listeners, that's another reason to go back and listen to that episode 241 with Jeff Stramitz because he did say to be helpful to those listeners who are aspiring performers, he did give some strategies, some tips about what to say, what not to say, how to act, how not to act. He even gave a, a real funny example of someone who turned him off real quickly. So go back and listen to that episode 241, and Jeff will give you some some helpful insight, just like Ashley's doing here regarding endorsements and sponsorships. Ashley, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Cake. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Awesome. Um, so this is a song that I actually did not mean for anybody to hear. Um, mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true story. Um, I was basically dating a guy, and he was a really big jerk, is a very nice way to put it. And he actually stood me up on my birthday. Oh, my gosh. And so I know, right? Like, how low can you go? Um, so I was basically, you know, throw, you know, eating my cake. We blew out some birthday candles, you know. And uh, my friends and I were kind of gathered around, and they were like, Ashley, like, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, this guy just did this. Like, what are you going to do? And so I said, I don't really know, you know. And so finally, you know, after a couple drinks, I turned to one of them and I said, well, I want a man to look at me like I look at cake. And we just started <laughs> laughing like it was it was just so funny. And so uh, the next day I sobered up and I wrote this song and I wrote it as a total joke. And I said, no one's ever going to like this. They're never going to hear it. And from a dare, I played it out at a show one day. And it is to this day my most requested song. Oh my gosh! <laughs> there, there you have it. But uh, yeah, so it's great. So I'm not making a lot of money off of that guy. That <laughs> yeah. So there you have well, it. Well, and that's and that's why you're a great songwriter because you're a great storyteller. You've really you've really shared some some really nice stories with us here, and and I really appreciate your time. It was really great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh no! Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me on and. Uh, playing my music and everything. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Listeners, that's going to do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. A big thanks to my guest, singer, songwriter, guitar player, Ashley Taylor. Check her out online. It's ashleytaylormusic.com. And of course, we will have a link to it from the show page for this episode of NHTE. Once you are on her site, click into the shows section to see where and when you can go see her perform live. And then use the social media icons there to do what I did in the lead up to this interview. Like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you also go to her YouTube channel and subscribe and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Of course, keep up with her online as January draws near and the release of her debut EP, remember that she already has three singles out, which you can purchase from iTunes. And there is Ashley Taylor merchandise for sale in the merch section of her website. As I mentioned before, if you are an aspiring performer yourself and or you know someone who is, I also encourage you to look at more good information available in the weekly blogs that get published every Monday on the show website, either written by me or a guest blogger. I had mentioned two recent examples before, both by the same writer, the one That's about performance rights organizations like ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, and another about copyrights as it relates to YouTube and trying to monetize your videos on there. I know that's always a hot-button subject. Those and many, many more are there for you to help with advice and insights. When you're on nhte.net, just click into the blog section. I'm ever so thankful for you listening to NHTE. We'll send you out with another song from Ashley Taylor. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Cake. Why can't a man look at me like I look in cake?
Christmas with frosting on my face. He left me all alone on my birthday. <laughs> Asshole. But it's alright, yeah, I'll be fine. And all that remains is one more bite to drown that bitter taste. 